0: 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 to 16. Now concerning the things about which he wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you, because of your lack of self-control. But this I say by way of concession, not of command. Yet I wish that all men were even as I myself am. However, each man has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to widows that it is good for them if they remain even as I. But if they do not have self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. But to the married I give instructions, not I, but the Lord, that the wife should not leave her husband. But if she does leave, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And that the husband should not divorce His wife. But to the rest I say, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And a woman who has an unbelieving husband and he consents to live with her, she must not send her husband away. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified. Through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise, your children are unclean, but now they are holy. Yet, if the unbelieving one leaves, let him leave. The brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know? O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife?
1: We will go back to the series in Exodus on March. This February, we would like to deal with issues of relationships. And thus, the subject matter for the last Sunday and this Sunday I tried to make the title as catchy as possible. Is it catchy enough? Sex and status. When I say status, it's married or single, not complicated. (laughs) Although it might be for you sometimes. So Paul was writing to the Corinthians. Corinth is a place in Greece. And they pride themselves of wisdom and culture. In Corinth alone, there were many temples. And one of the temples was the temple of Aphrodite. They worship Aphrodite. And in the manner of worship includes engaging the priestesses of the temple. Which are actually, as we would call them, prostitutes of the temple. Yet they call them priestesses. Can you imagine the husband saying to the wife, I will leave now because I will worship in the temple. What they actually mean was they would like to engage the priestesses of the temple. Right now, when your husband tells you that he will worship, come to GCF, make sure it's GCF. All right? So Paul is addressing this issue with the Corinthians because It's a sex-crazed culture in their place. We are not far from it because of social media and because of the apps that connect people. Sex has become easier. Looking for partners has become easier. And I don't mean long-term partners, I mean short-term partners or one-time partners. Even right now, if you were to ask, The freshman year of colleges of how many have experienced sex prior while they were in high school perhaps around half would say they have it's a sex crazed culture pornography is so accessible if you have internet you have a phone you can access pornography already I remember when I was a non-believer and in high school We have to pass the magazine. We have these. Well, you don't know what it was, but (laughs) we had to pass. uh, I don't want to mention the brands, lest I promote them. uh, The name of the magazines, but it's plain smut. We call them smut, where there were pictures of nude women and uh, stories that are sexual. The problem here was... The Corinthian church, they believed in Jesus Christ and, uh, and uh, they have come to know the Lord. Paul preached there. However, some of them were still influenced by the culture because it seemed like this is also a religious thing as well as Jesus Christ is a religious thing. And Paul had to challenge that and some were already questioning the resurrection Paul had to set it straight. the church were divided was divided. I mean some were saying, "I like Paul, I like apollos, they have different leaders, different faction, and Paul said, "Is the church divided isn 't Jesus Christ the head? Did I die for you did paul it 's a good thing I did not baptize in water any of you because we must be united in Christ. Paul commanded them to flee sexual immorality. Can you say the word flee? Flee Flee sexual immorality. I remember once there was this pastor, I was in that church, and uh, he was saying, okay, I know some of you are very zealous, but let's do everything wisely because some were, let's preach the gospel everywhere. Let's go to Ermita. If you know Ermita, that's the place where you... Where women solicit customers, customers. And, uh, and it's the young men who were saying, let's preach the gospel there. I said, not you. The pastor said, not you. I don't trust your testosterone level at that age. So I said, let the sisters evangelize the sisters. Because it says, flee sexual immorality. Some people think because they were not in Christ before, now that they are in Christ, they actually think it's impossible. I'd like to share to you that each one must remain humble in the sense that we can be tempted anytime and anybody can fall. That's why we should not be overconfident with our spirituality. Yet let me say that that is exactly the stories we hear. To those who are not in Christ, they were in bondage to sexual immorality, But when they came to Christ, sincerely having faith in Christ, true repentance happens if there is true faith, suddenly the appetite for that is lost. The desire for that now is a conflict within until the person becomes victorious. Can you say it with me again? Flee immorality. Now, for the ladies, please do not easily believe every man who has kind words for you. Young woman, I do not trust your hormones. You easily fall in love at a certain stage. Can't you imagine? Can't you see the explanation how some pretty girls have very ugly boyfriends? Because at a certain stage, your hormones are so strong she easily falls so don't trust in words but some men would say words are all i have because he doesn't have work he doesn't have money he doesn't have anything so he said words are all i have don't accept just words okay there must be a clear plan i'm not saying you have to marry a millionaire or a powerful man i'm just saying if you marry marry a responsible man there is a difference Paul said that husbands and wives should not deprive each other sexually. The husband has no authority of his own body, therefore he cannot give it to anyone. The one who has authority is the wife, and the wife has no authority of her own body. She cannot just give it to anybody because the husband has authority over the wife. Some pastors also use this verse, verses 3 to 5, that a man has no authority in his own body and the wife has no authority over her own body in the area of masturbation. That's what they use. The text is not really about that, but may be used concerning that. No, I'm not saying you force your partner. As we learned yesterday, wives need to, to feel loved. Before they want to do it. For husbands, no need. Skip that. Okay, We can go right at it already. Not always though. Depends on the husband or the wife. So do not deprive one another. Let me just add this. Do not use deprivation of sex as a weapon against each other. As a weapon to manipulate. As an offer to make things exciting as we learned yesterday in the video. That is wonderful. Just an incentive for one another. But to use it as a weapon is not healthy. I'm not saying as well if one is not in the right frame of mind. You do not force it at that time. But you have to agree just to separate and pray first. And then come together again. Can you imagine what Paul said? For a time, separate and pray, and then come back and do it again. Such was the culture, the sex craziness of the place. Number two, Paul wrote that it is better to remain single and to focus devotion to the Lord. But he clarified that it was his opinion. Remember when he said, not the Lord, but I, let me say this, That if you are single, just stay single. And just serve the Lord. That was his opinion. Not necessarily the Lord. It was his advice. He was not saying that this is doctrine. It's just advice. So I encourage some of us to not egg on or tease single people. In fact, what we should encourage them if God has, is not showing anyone yet, serve the Lord. Don't force the issue. Don't go hunting. Well, or fishing, right? <laughs> yes, there was this women's growth group, not here, in another church. They called their group, jokingly, "Fishers of Men. <laughs> so that's, that's a nice sound to it, you know. Uh, <laughs> Instead, serve the Lord. I do believe that single people must focus on the Lord, not stir up love that is not time. Don't stir up eros if it is not time. If you cannot afford in terms of spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, mental maturity, and financial maturity. I'm not saying that you need money to have a grand wedding. I don't believe in grand weddings if you cannot afford it. I believe in weddings that are affordable. You don't start life with a debt, a debt because you maxed out your credit card for the wedding, or you max out borrowing from relatives for the wedding. Celebrate the wedding in one of your anniversaries in the future. But, Paul said, if you do not have self-control, it is better to marry. He said, well, well, serve God. It's okay to be single. Because he did say, to those who marry, they will have troubles on this earth. Troubles on this earth. Do you agree, married people? Single life was simpler, correct? Then when you get, got married, now there's this other person that you have to live with, talk with, listen with, consult with before making your decision, especially major decisions in life. So, if possible, remain single. But, Paul said, if you cannot control, get married because it's better to marry than to burn, let me Interpret that it is better to marry than to sin against God. Because sex in marriage is clean and sanctified before God. Sex outside of marriage, whether it's pre- or extramarital affair, is sinful in the eyes of God. So what's your decision? Will you marry or stay single? Again... I would like to advise you trust God you say not my will be done Lord but your will be done and if you want to when Lord you want your will be done not my will be done in terms of timing however if you cannot help it young man if you're in high school or college start a business right away so that after you graduate you can marry If you cannot control yourself. That's why we advise prayer. and the meditation of the word. Because control. Spiritual strength increases. It weakens the flesh. But if we do not have spiritual disciplines. What will happen? The flesh will be weakened. Well let me go back to point number one. The point number one has different issues depending on the age, right? For young couples, the problem sometimes is they want it all the time. As you age, you need more encouragement to make sure it happens. Yet, we are told by scripture to work on it, to pray on it, and uh, make it work. Can you say make it work? Say it again. Make it work. I'm talking about your sexual relationship with your wife or husband. You have to make it work. Why? The context is there's so much immorality. Therefore, the husband must have his wife. Do not touch a woman outside marriage. You must have your wife. Make it work because if it does not work, the temptations from the outside become stronger. But if it works, there's less temptation. I'm not saying that temptation will decrease, but your ability to control yourself will increase because you are released. Let's make it work. Amen? So, young people, when your parents say, Go play with your friends. Just do it, okay? If you can't read between the lines, I'm sorry, I cannot explain it here. Number three, Paul instructed that wives should not leave their husbands. Otherwise, she should remain unmarried. And that husbands should not divorce their wives, There are different cases if there is physical abuse. Okay, but that is not the discussion here. The discussion here is about sexual immorality in marriage. That's the context. If only one is a believer, the believer may become the spiritual influence on the unbelieving spouse. Therefore, stay... Trust in the Lord and with our behavior, the way we speak, the way we, we act, must be something that is pleasing to God. First Peter 3 advises wives who are married to husbands who are not obeying the word, to what? By their behavior, and not with many words, not with words, because that is a way for the husband to open up you see the more you nag a man the more he closes the more he puts himself behind steel bars I'm happy to be in a jail than with you do you know that that's in the book of Proverbs it is better to live in the corner of a rooftop than to live with a quarrelsome wife it's also in Proverbs and this is perhaps the strongest it is better to live in the desert than to live with a quarrelsome wife. It's like he's saying, I'd rather die in the desert, take my chances. But that is not the focus of our discussions. But husbands, love your wives, cherish her, nourish her, make her feel secure, secured in your love. Application, again, for married people. Fulfill each other sexually. Make it work. Can you say it with me? Make it, Make it work. Depriving each other might increase immoral temptations. Or the resistance, the power to resist may increase. Have a mutually beneficial arrangement to abstain from sex for prayer. And to resume mutual Obligations. Yeah, if you say, honey, let's, it's fasting month. Is it okay if we not do anything for this month? Again, come to a mutually agreeable arrangement. Number two, for the single. Paul believes that you should remain single and serve the Lord. So single people, do not exhaust your time. In this stage, now is not the time. Grow in Christ. Know the Word of God. If I see somebody or I hear a father sharing that their son or daughter spends a lot of time with this person and that person, and then I ask them, have you read the Bible? And if they said no, then I say, you are wasting your time. Christ first, the kingdom of God first. Groundedness first in scripture. But what Paul said is considered advice and not dogma. Not doctrine but advice. If you are single, trust in the will of God. I don't know God's will for you and who let us trust in. The will of God. Some believe that God has a special person for you. And we have romanticized that. And uh, a strong part of me believes in that. Other be- others believe that that's nonsense. Well, because I believe in Romans and I believe in destiny. I do believe God in his time, in his will, will guide you and reveal that to you. However, if you cannot control your, yourself, better to marry to avoid sin. But do not marry an unbeliever. Let us read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 to 16. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial, another name for the devil? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Be careful who Mary pastor he's a Christian okay what do you mean he said the sinner's prayer oh brother can you go back to scripture and see if that is a marker is that really a marker of somebody who believes in Christ well he confessed Jesus although you gave him the words it did not come from him many of you are here and you don't even know what that is but I know you have faith in him I know you have submitted yourself to the will of God and turned back from your sins. And I believe that is genuine and that is true. The fruit shall reveal. The fruit shall shall reveal. Number three, married people should remain together no matter how hard it is, right? So I say every stage of marriage... Always empty the bag of the record of wrong. Always empty it. Settle it. Talk about it. But talk about it respectfully, understanding one another. Deal with issues that must be dealt with. Do not leave it hanging. Otherwise, you know the term, May sama ako ng loob sa kanya. And they carry it for years and years and years. First, we must learn to forgive, but the other must also learn to acknowledge I was wrong. Forgive me. It takes two to make it work. That's why if we did something wrong, it's best to say, Forgive me. Help me improve myself. And help me heal you. And you who were offended say, In Christ, I forgive you because in my own strength, it is impossible. But in Christ, I forgive you and I ask you to help me to be healed and I will help you change as well. Then it becomes a teamwork. Instead of bitterness, and if not bitterness, suspicion, right? You know, some wives do not have the gift of discernment. They have the gift of suspicion, Might as well settle it. So how can you be sure about these things? And remember, love is not jealous, but love can be protective. And that is what God gave the woman, to be protective of her husband. That's it. That's the boundary. But if there's a real offense, yes, we understand your jealousy. But then the Bible tells us to forgive. And you pray that the fear of God will be upon your other partner. The fear of God will be upon everybody because there are consequences to our sins. We may not see it here, but it will happen later. One consequence is it affects the harmony of the marriage. You need to work more on it because of such things. Married people stay together. That's the general rule. But there are exceptions to the rule, especially if there are abuses and infidelity. Let us read Matthew chapter 19 verse 9. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. There is a way out, but we do not encourage people to use this immediately. To find a way to work out your marriage first. But yes, because of infidelity, there is a way. But again, let me share to you that try your best to be together, work it out, because nothing is impossible in Christ. If both of you grow in Christ and grounded in the truth, somehow things become easier to obey Him. But if it's all your own flesh and thinking and you are not filled with the word of God and the spirit of God I say to you things in marriage become harder That's why young people many people your seniors would say to you do not be in a hurry your body and your emotion wants to be in a hurry but the reality is you're entering to a point where there are nonstop responsibilities You can't even wash your own dish and fix your own bed and you want to get married? It's non-stop responsibilities. But people, when they got married, they stay as teenagers. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a family and then we engage friends. It's not friends first and then family. It's family first all the time. In the end, my brothers and sisters, when you grow old and near death, or let's just say you grow old, the one you will look for is the affection of family. Because your friends will also look for that in their own family. It's not friend to friend. In the end, what you want is the love and the respect of your children and grandchildren. If you neglect that early, that might not be reciprocated. But if we contribute to them, show respect to our children and grandchildren and show our love for them, give time to them, when it is best needed for us that it should be reciprocated, they will reciprocate that. What is reciprocity? You contribute in their emotion and their life that they are more than willing to give back to you out of respect and love. So I say and encourage you, Make it work. Invest in the family. Number four, for those with non believing spouses, remain in the relationship for as long as you can. Do you know that the word patience has another translation in English, an older translation? It's called long suffering. So when you say be patient, it also means long-suffering. But I don't want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer. But let me tell you this. If you think Christianity has no trials or suffering, then somebody lied to you. It's always part of it. Even in the Old Testament, look at the mighty man. Joseph went through a lot of suffering for God to prepare him for mighty deeds. That's part of the package. So if somebody suffers, like Joseph, who seemed to be demoted, we do not judge them, right? Because God might be preparing them for something. So we just encourage them and say, we're here. Among relationships, if it's not working, we do not judge one another. But we encourage one another. We correct one another but never to look down on one another. There is a difference, my friends, to encourage one another, to do what the Bible says, and to look down on another. There's a difference. Stay there because you might be God's instrument of blessing to win your spouse to Christ. And why do we do this? Because of Christ. Christ died for us, He was resurrected. He invites us to eternal life. But then part of that eternal life is being justified by faith. And if we are justified by faith, our sins are erased through Christ. But the expectation after that is to live a holy life. Sanctification. To grow in the Word of God. To grow in obedience to the Word of God. It is not just, now I'm in Christ, I can do whatever I want. That's not the case here. It is, you are in Christ, praise God. You're justified by faith. But after that, we must grow in the Lord, that we may grow in sanctification and obedience. And everything we do here that the Bible says, encourage one another, meet one another. Listen, study the word of God. Be approved unto God. Everything we do, prayer, praying together, is what? So that we may all grow into Christ. But in your journey of holiness and sanctification please improve because sanctification is a process don't be five years ago you're the same guy and you're still the same guy after five years you have not improved improve on our temper if we are short in our temper short tempered i mean if we are short tempered maybe your temper can grow taller Be more patient if we are less kind then we must grow in kindness if we brag a lot learn that everything is by the grace of God alone by the grace of God alone and there's nothing we can brag about except we can boast in what Christ did for us on the cross that is what we boast for nothing else yet we praise God for the many blessings he has given do not rush single people into relationships. Grow in Christ and the partner or would-be partner in life should grow in Christ as well. Because if both are not mature, mature, can you imagine if both are so impatient? What happens to the marriage? It's an impatient marriage, right? It's a marriage where you practice debate. You'll be a good debater. okay? And if your marriage doesn't work, you spend time alone. And what do you do? You philosophize why marriage is not good. That's why it was Socrates who said, if you marry a good woman, you will be happy. If not, you will be a philosopher. <laughs> so we need to make it work. How? Let's follow scripture. For the single guys, patience. The single ladies, don't give in for those who are married add a little more spice into the relationship just like Nike just do it okay and enjoy one another in Christ because that is good and beautiful it is not dirty in Christ it's dirty if you do it with somebody else but in marriage People ask me, Pastor, what if we, so is it okay to experiment on this as long as it's within marriage? And both agree. I don't know what, I won't tell you what they meant, but I think they wanted to experiment with whips. So, uh, <laughs> it's the wife who wants to whip the husband actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> if it's within marriage and both consent, it is fine as long as you agree to a certain level, Whatever. However, creative you want to be, if it's within marriage, it's okay. Wives, don't be overreactive. Ooh, 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 ooh. Enjoy the process. And he, he is creative, great. If he is not creative, be the creative force in your sex life. Amen? Ladies, in marriage, there is no Maria Clara. If you want to be the aggressor, you have the blessing of God to do so why it's in scripture you can say you have no authority there (laughs) you can say woman to the husband to the man that is mine and nobody else's i can do with it what i want yes you may but again if somebody says not now let us pray (laughs) then pray (laughs) But you cannot deprive one another. I pray this is a church with wonderful marriages. Good marriages may result into good families. But it's hard to have a good family with when the marriage is not good. And it's not happily ever after. You pray on it. You work on it. It's not what the movies tell you. If only this, then I'll be satisfied. It is just the beginning of a new journey. Let us all rise and let us pray. Lord, we do this for Christ, for the glory of Christ. We trust in his word because it will bring harmony. Many have tried the world and there are so many divorces happening all over because they were not prepared, their mindset was not ready. They were still immature. It is sad to know the many marriages that fail and many that are struggling because of pride, because of arrogance, and because of ignorance. Teach us, Lord, to be humble to each other, that we may learn from one another, that we may be strengthened by one another, that we may be equipped with one another but not just opinion not just human advice but advice that comes from scripture because scripture the holy scripture is the right anchor we want to be rooted in scripture not our emotions teach us Lord to subdue the emotion and only use the emotion to glorify you But not to disobey you. Teach us to build one another in marriage, even at times we don't feel like it. Make us realize that it is a commitment, not an emotion. That love is a commitment to be patient and to be kind, to build one another up in Christ. The true love is character. More than emotion. Give us good marriages, Lord, we pray. But not to glorify ourselves, but that we may declare that your word works, that the word of God works, and that Jesus Christ is the only Savior, the only Lord. blessing of peace, harmony be in your marriage. May the blessing of self-control be upon every single person here. May the will of God happen in the lives of the single people. Not our will, Lord, but your will be done. May you not be led by your own emotions, but be led by the Spirit of God to the Word of God to serve Him. Strengthen the marriages. Renew the marriages,